Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. I'm Prue Warren in my apprenticeship. This is the new way I've decided to phrase it. I am in my apprenticeship of becoming a romance author. And thankfully, I'm here with my mentor. I'm Meredith Bunn. And I appreciate being your mentor. But I don't know that apprenticeship is appropriate because you've already branched out on your own, Prue. You've got five well, books published. You have five, five books. Five five books. Yes. <laughs> I put that in my Christmas newsletter, you can imagine. So uh, I would call you a, a junior writer, a junior mm-hmm. author. Mm, I like the idea of apprenticeship because I really do feel like there is so much, there's so much to learn. And I think, I think apprenticeship is appropriate for about five years. I really do. I think it takes a long time. Uh, you're laughing. I think that's true. I believe the Malcolm Gladwell theory that you need about 10,000 hours to be really competent at something. And that's about five years. So I feel like that's where I am. I like, I like apprentice. I'm not, I don't, I don't have to know everything yet. I'm still in a learning phase and that's, that's a good place to be. And that actually is fundamental to what we're going to talk about today, which is because I'm an indie author, because you're an indie author and because Amazon and all the platforms will allow me to go back in and repost a, a manuscript if I've discovered there's a comma missing, right? I mean, you can do it almost on a whim. How do you know when your book is done? And I look to you for that answer. I think it's a fascinating topic. Actually, my daughter and I had a go at this, like a, a fight practically <laughs> about this a number of years ago. Because I had written a book and I got some feedback to it that made me want to change the ending. Oh, wow. That's a big change. Yes. I wanted to completely change the ending of the book based on this reviewer's feedback. They had a good point and I agreed with them. And I don't even remember what it was anymore, but they they had a very good point about the ending of the book, and I wanted to go back and change it. And I said, I'm going to rewrite the ending. And my daughter said, you can't do that. I think they're right. It's already published. I think they're right. I think they're right. I agree with your daughter. And I I eventually did agree as well, but it was really, really hard because I could. Right. I could right. go back and change the ending, rewrite it, and then republish it as if nothing was different. Okay. See, as I if I had just changed a comma. There are two, right. But there are two questions here that have occurred to me. One is what would you do if social norms had advanced and evolved? And two, would you then be, um, would it be important? 
would you need to let previous readers know that things had changed and they could upload the new version there? I, I think it's very complicated. Go back to social norms though, because if you wrote a book 20 years ago, certainly maybe in as little as 10 years ago, there was a lot less awareness of the A, of the importance of diversity, B, the involuntary support of stereotypes that are now considered painful and hurtful. What we were talking about last week with Natasha Lane. And at what point do you say that book is done? I am not going to retrofit it. I mean, I I think it's an interesting question. Yes, absolutely. And if I would say, what I would say is if you are going to hurt someone with your previous ignorance and you have now become enlightened thanks to Natasha or some other sensitivity reader, Uh then I think you should go back and fix it because you're hurting somebody. But is this the concept of whitewashing? I mean, are we ignoring? I, I, I don't want to in any way advocate for maintaining. I don't want to keep up the statues of Republic of, of cons, uh, Confederate generals. I don't think they should stay up in the middle of Main Street. But by taking it down, by changing your copy, you're changing your you're changing what your view of the world was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Is that? Well, you can, but you can, when you republish it, you can state that this is a reworked edition, that this is a new edition. Yep. 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 We need our sensitivity reader back though, because I want to ask, would you rewrite Huck Finn? Mm -hmm. I think we did mention, ask her about that. I can't remember last week. Meredith, what did she say? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that we did ask her about that. And if I am not mistaken, which I very well could be, I think she said that you should not rewrite it because it was appropriate for the time. That's what I'm thinking, aren't you? I am thinking. thinking. And I will have to go back and listen to that episode because and see what she said, because I think we did broach the subject. Right. Well, I'm thinking that, uh, and this is cultural, not literary, but there was a time when Harvey Weinstein was considered a, you know, a giant of the movie industry. And that's why he got away with what he did. So how do you, when is your book done? Right. Are you, are you responsible for maintaining even hurtful language? If it was, if if it was a part of the culture that you were writing about? Not only that, but if it is integral to the book, to the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about the controversy that happened over the Vivians this year. The Romance Writers of America has a new awards program that's replacing the Rita's called the Vivians. And one of the winners of the Vivians included a historical novel about a U.S. cavalry guy who takes part in the massacre of Native Americans and the the controversy stemmed from the fact that he did not feel remorse. It was not, as I understand it, didn't read the book, but it wasn't integral to the plot. He just never evolved to a point where he went, that was an atrocity. But all that controversy, which I feel is very appropriate and, and good for our times, 
he was probably reflecting the views of the American cavalry officers who committed the atrocities, who were convinced in their heads that they were doing God's, you know, manifest destiny. At what point does, at what point do you edit again? At what point do you go back in and finish something? When is an indie book set in stone? I don't, I still don't think we have an answer. No, and I don't think that there is an answer because I think the answer lies in the heart of the author. And not the perception of the reader. Not necessarily in the perception of the reader. No. So, for example, in when I was thinking of going back and changing the ending of that book because right. of, of what some reader said to me right. in their review, I mean, ultimately, I... I disregarded what the reader said and kept the book the way it was. It's yeah. my prerogative. It's my book. It's my baby. I can make it end any way I want. I do think it's interesting that this is even a, a possibility because of indie publishing. Would any traditional publisher ever have considered going back to, to make an edit? Well, also no. because, but wait a minute, but that's also because 10 years ago when indie publishing was non-existent, everybody bought their books in print. So if you reprint a book with a correction in it, you're expecting readers to buy a new book as opposed to the message Which that Amazon they're going said. to do if it's an ebook, but not if it's a physical copy. Right, right. Amazon used to, I don't know if they still do, I haven't been paying attention. But Amazon used to say, there are four books in your library that have updates. Do you want to exactly. download them now? Exactly. So that's easy. But it also makes me wonder. And it doesn't cost you anything. No, it doesn't cost you anything. But I would think, that's it. I hadn't even considered this, that when they say, do you want to download the new version? And I say, update it so I get rid of that little number four on the on the icon. I assume that they I'm downloading a corrected comma. I assume I'm downloading here's the next chapter of my book. I'm I'm downloading something that is not foundational to the story. If someone goes in and changes the ending and Amazon says, Do you want to download the next version? I don't go back and check the commas. Someone should say, I don't know how they do it. We have four insignificant downloads and we have two major downloads. I mean, well, the only way that Amazon will send out that notice is if you have significant download, significant oh, changes. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? If you change a comma, they're not going to send out that notice. And they do it automatically? Yes. I don't have do. to tell them? Yeah. Um, it, but you, no, I think you need to ask them to send out the push, push notification. Ah, I see. I see. So I if see. you change, the the ending of the book or you know add a character remove a character whatever right. right um then or you know make significant changes to the story right, right. then you can message them through their helpline saying hey i made significant changes could you please send out a push notification for the book to be redownloaded by the people who've already bought it that's so interesting i wish there was a notice that would say here's what happened yeah, but Here's also why. also think about additions. There, you can upload a new edition of a book, and just and call it a new edition. Well, what happens to the people who bought the old edition? They still have it. 
they would need to rebuy the book to get the new edition. And they you know, like know. a textbook. They don't know. No one tells them there's a new edition. No, they, they would, would just have to stumble. They would, they would have, have to stumble, to stumble on, on it. Yeah. I suppose that would be valuable because then if they wrote to you and said, God damn it, I can't stand this cavalry officer, then you could say, I've already uploaded a new edition. Go read it and take a chill pill. Right. Exactly. How often do you upload when you've discovered little errors, grammatical or whatever? I'll wait until I have significant changes. I mean, you know, not just one comma, but 20. Or, you know, Amazon also will, at the top of your dashboard, there's an error report. So a reader can contact Amazon and say, I have found all of these problems with this book. And they will issue an error report to the author and you have to go through and correct them all. And uh, sometimes they're not even errors. They're they're personal voice or something where the reader thinks that it's wrong and it's not. And then you have to say, ignore that one. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never seen an error report. Is it Mm -hmm. something that would come after me or is it something I have to go seek out? It's at the top of your dashboard on KDP. They're going, yes, crew is going there now, listener. (laughs) No, I have KDP always, always on the, on the prowl. Okay. (laughs) Uh, and you think there's something called error report? Yes. You go. You go too, and tell me where it is. Okay. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. I'm on reports. Maybe I should be. In no, be on the the bookshelf. Uh, bookshelf. It's called a quality issues dashboard. Right at the very top, it now says, at least mine does, create, manage, publish. Yes. Just above that, I have a little white box that says, view your qualities issue issues dashboard. I don't have that. You don't have that. Okay. I have that. It's something new that I have. Although in the past, I have had a quality issues report or notification where somebody went in and corrected all of the silly errors, you know, typos and whatnot that I had made in one of my books. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. I mean, wow. there, I, I'm, I'm pleased to say there weren't that many, but there were some. <laughs> and I had to go in and because Amazon put my book on hold, they stopped selling it. Oh, my God. Yes. They stopped selling it. And I had to go in and make the corrections. Some of them were not corrections. They were that person's opinion. And and then re-upload the book and notify Amazon that I had made the corrections. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. I guess that's kind of a, a long way around to get a good <laughs> proofreader. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder I wonder where I have that. Well you only have it I guess if there's something there. Although I have it now and there's nothing there. Well okay. So maybe okay. if somebody somebody sends in corrections for one of your books, then they'll give that to you. Okay. Well, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. So anyway, if I see a uh, an egregious error in a book, I can screw with that author by making them stop selling it until you fix this damn thing. 
I don't think they'll do that for one error, but if they've, you know, 15 or 20, then then they'll do that. Right. All right. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. So the answer is your book is never set in stone. Yeah. Would you make make changes if somebody said, I think that what Dash did in this book was absolutely horrible and terrible and he shouldn't be allowed to live? Would I make those changes? Well, um, Mary, it's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it would depend on circumstance, but I like the idea. I think, I think that I like the idea of putting out a next edition and saying, this is, this is edition number two with corrections to Dash's heinous personality. (laughs) But, but the original edition, I still stand by it. I guess, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy to say I have not confronted that yet with my five books. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that I did when I got the right back to my first four books that were published by Kensington, Mm -hmm. being a traditional publisher, because they could, they changed the titles of my book. When I got the rights back to them, I re-edited those books, one of them completely changing the heroine. I mean, wow. same, same name, different person. Wow. That's a big change. It's a big change. It was a huge change. I practically rewrote the entire book. Wow. And so when I did, but the plot was the same and the hero was the same. Mm-hmm. When I did that, I republished those four books under new titles with new covers, saying on the title page, previously published as, and then the name that Kensington gave them. And did you also put that in the book description? So as people were shopping? Yes. Yeah. So that if somebody said, oh, Meredith Bond's got a new book. Wait a minute. This sounds this is familiar. familiar. Right. Then they would be able to see, oh, I've already read this book under this title. But now that's interesting because if you're just changing the title, I can see saying previously published as. And for three of the books, that's fine. But for the book that had a whole new heroine, I think you have to say previously published and significantly changed from Renner was called. "Mm -hmm." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. I don't know what I do. I hope I won't (laughs) have to find out. Next week, Meredith, we're talking with Jody Vaughn, who is an author of many books. She has made the bold leap into translating into another language. And I have 10,000 questions for that woman. <laughs> I, hope she, I hope she's ready. <laughs> it should be a really interesting conversation. I know nothing about translating. And so I'm really looking forward to speaking with her. I'm going to want to know when we're done, if you're going to, if you're going to leap. I don't think I'm ready. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe she will guide us onward. Meredith, thank you very much. Lovely talking to you as always. Okay. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com one word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue 
or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.